1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Think about how you use the CBC today versus how you used it six or seven years ago. Back then, you might have started your day with the local morning show on CBC radio. If you hate commercial radio style morning zoo stuff as much as I do, there really was no other choice. Then maybe you listened to Gomeshi on Q later that morning, and maybe you didn't. But either way, there's a good chance you knew which big celebrity he was having on. And then throughout the day, maybe you checked their website for local news. Maybe as you were washing the dishes that night, you heard a bit of As It Happens. And while not a lot of people actually watched The National, Peter Mansbridge still somehow was able to occupy mind space as Canada's news anchor. Now compare that to today. And most of that stuff is either gone or whittled to a fraction of what it once was. There are now more high-quality news podcasts waiting for you every day in the morning than you could possibly have time to listen to. Q with Tom Power is not a show that you hear a lot of people talking about. And the Nationals for Host thing has all but killed that brand entirely. And rumor has it that they're finally going to put that format out of its misery any day now. And then, I don't know, there are just so many different news personalities that you might associate with the CBC who are gone, for better or for worse. Terry Molesky, Neil MacDonald, Amanda Lang, Evan Solomon, Rex Murphy. Whatever you thought of them, you probably knew who they were. Who do you know now? It's like there's a missing generation. CBC today is kind of unrecognizable from what it was just six years ago. So what's it going to look like six years from now? According to my guest today, we should be very worried about that. He worries that the CBC is planning to back out of its commitment to provide Canadians with local news coverage. He worries that the CBC is forgetting what it exists for, that it is grossly over-commercialized, and it treats culture like a commodity. He is worried that the CBC wants to betray its own heritage and its public interest ethos by destroying its own archives. And just last week, He wrote to me with a warning. The CBC is now trying to change the very rules that force it to serve Canadians. And that the whole process is, quote, a shit show. And I was very surprised to get that email. Because my guest today is Daniel Bernhard. The executive director of the advocacy group Friends of Canadian Broadcasting. A group which, as far as I knew them until now, was like almost exclusively about trying to advocate for the CBC and get more money for the CBC from the government. I had never heard them direct their efforts and criticism towards the CBC like this ever before. Wait for it. This episode is brought to you by Callum McCarroll, Sean August, Evan Wallen, Oriana Kilborn seron Finlay McDermid, Barbara Levesque, Les Gooden,
2: and Ben. Hi, my name's Ben. I'm a uh, jack-of-all-trades contractor, musician, writer, uh, living in Toronto, Ontario. And uh, I support Canada Land Media because we are in dire need of some opposing voices, having some interesting conversations about the struggles with the Western society that we live in, our country, and international relations.
1: Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month I've been aware of—I used to think of it as friends of the CBC, but I guess friends of public broadcasting, friends of Canadian broadcasting. Mm -hmm. Before I started seeing you at media things, I was aware of the group. Mm -hmm. And I've always known your group and you as the people who bother the government to give the CBC more money. And that's why I was surprised when you reached out to say that the CBC is having their license renewed this summer and that the license renewal is a shit show. And that's what you wanted to talk with me about. Why— Is it a shit show? What do you mean by that?
2: So if we can just back up a little bit, I think you are fully aware that the media situation in the country is extremely dire. I mean, we're here in Toronto, not to be too Ontario-centric or anything like that, but I think of the London Free Press or Kitchener-Waterloo, Waterloo Record, and these towns that have newspapers that are either so thin that they're bordering on irrelevance, or they're gone entirely, or the gap is filled with sort of hack job pseudo journalists like this uh, concerned citizens of Thunder Bay, which you're probably aware of from from the Thunder Bay podcast that are really unproductive and borderline hateful. And then there are people who are outright just trying to deceive you on social media. So they, the information environment is 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 really, really, really in rough shape. And in that context, I think the CBC needs to play not only the role it's been playing, but actually a very much more important and fundamental role in A. Being a catalyst or a productive player to make sure that there's local media beyond the CBC. But B, there are going to be increasing numbers of cities and provincial legislatures that are going to have few or no reporters looking in on them. And if we think that it is unacceptable for power to go unwatched. And if the private market can't sustain journalism right now at the size it needs to be, the public has to step in. And so local news is really important. Making sure that the fundamentals of journalism are prioritized by the CBC is really important. I think it's the the most important question of of our age, really. And the CBC instead seems to be prioritizing its so-called digital transformation, And part of the problem is is no one really knows what that means because they don't disclose to the CRTC how much they spend on digital. They actually hide behind the same legal exemptions that Netflix hide behind to say that Canadian regulators have no business looking at, at what we do online. So they're spending a lot of money on digital, but we don't really know how. And, I mean, the budget for TV news, for example, and we can get into the medium, but the budget for TV news in 2013 was like north of 220 million dollars, English, French combined. Now it's like 120. So, you know, the amount of money that's come out of some of these local services for NewsHour is really alarming. And instead of radically increasing the amount of bodies on the ground doing this local journalism, they seem to be focusing on trying to compete with Netflix and being a global entertainment company. That's really concerning. The other concerning thing is the pursuit of advertising. And the CBC's management has been clear that they want to develop commercial revenue as aggressively as possible. I can understand they've been cash strapped. I can get why they would be looking for more money. But um, at a time when Facebook shows, what happens when you take the idea of advertising and mix it with information and take it to its extreme? Mm -hmm. You're going to show people anything and everything that will keep their attention, whether it's true or false, whether it's productive or harmful, will show it to you in hopes that you keep looking at it so we can show you ads. And the need for non-ad-supported news in particular is really, really high. And you know, you're offering that. There are some others who are doing it through subscription model. But CBC has the ability to do it locally and throughout the country. And um, we would hope that they would start to rethink their distinctiveness in this time when we really need trusted public service media more than we've ever needed it before.
1: This is going to be a short podcast. We're in complete alliance here. <laughs> I don't know. Listeners have heard me say many times that the CBC's role in this news crisis is very clear. We need public broadcasting more than ever, and we need it at the local news level. And I know that your group has been advocating for more resources for the CBC to do that than forever. But the catalyst for you calling this a shit show is not specifically the government starving them of those resources. It's the CBC saying we want to divest resources the resources that we have we want to take
2: them out of local news coverage and move them into digital and they're doing actually more than that so they are asking for the crtc to allow them to broadcast fewer hours of children's programming fewer hours of canadian drama fewer hours of of news on tv and they promise to shift this into digital, except digital is, one, watched by, you know, a fraction of the number of people that are consuming this stuff on TV right now. And two, it's completely a black box. They don't disclose where the money goes and how they spend it. Are they spending it on developing software and gem? Are they trying to sell more subscriptions? Is it going to reporters? Is it going to opinion? We have no idea. God help me, let me take their position. The CBC, I think, would argue
1: here that it only makes sense for them to be freed from a lot of their CRTC obligations. Television is incredibly expensive to produce. CRTC is like, no, for this specific license in this community, you've got to do this much children's programming and this much local news. Meanwhile, it was just reported by Blacklock's reporter that their ad revenue from TV fell by 37%. So the money that they get back from that investment is in free fall, arguably, local TV news is not the solution to how we're going to cover the news in local regions. People don't watch it. BlackLock's also reported that less than 1% of Canadians watch local TV newscasts. And I think the CBC would say that they've been opening digital news bureaus in regions, in small communities, and you're misleading people in thinking that just because they're trying to renegotiate the terms of the CRTC means that they're going to be doing less local news because when they move digital... And they put those dollars into digital. That includes local news coverage where people do want to get it.
2: Yeah. So TV is still the number one medium by which Canadians get their news. The Abacus Data did a survey on this just last year. Facebook is the number one single property where people will get their news, but TV is still the dominant medium. That's all the TV channels combined. That's not CBC. It's CTV Global. That's C- CNN. It's all. That's of it. all
1: the cable. That's the Fox News the Canadians sometimes all, watch. That's all CBC of it. News Network, and it seems that the local news piece of that is small enough to be insignificant.
2: Right. So I don't think that CBC should moor itself to linear TV or linear radio and ignore digital. That's nuts. And we're not Luddites here fearing progress. I think what we worry about is transparency. So CBC is saying we want to take our money, which is currently being spent on these regulated activities, and we want to move a bunch of that into digital where we don't tell you how we spend it, where we don't tell the CRTC how much of it goes to news or how much of it goes to local news. I understand that
1: the internet isn't regulated the same way the public airwaves are, but yeah. CBC is, is playing with public dollars. Shouldn't they have to account for – it seems like maybe you're arguing not digital versus linear, but telling us how you spend your money versus not telling us how you spend your money.
2: Their argument would be that nobody else has to disclose what's going on in digital, so why should we?
1: Because they get a billion dollars from the public.
2: Right, but our view is that actually the law says that you know, your show is disseminated online. And it is broadcasting according to the Broadcasting Act. It is a transmission of audio from one source to many people. And the CRTC would consider this to be broadcasting. There's an exemption that the CRTC created in 1999 to say that they're not going to require digital broadcasters to get a license. And the reason is, you remember GeoCities, man, you know, who like, used to walk across the screen in early internet, like those kind of sort of early GIFs?
1: can't wait to see where you're going with this. Yes, I remember GeoCities.
2: <laughs> so that technically is broadcasting because it's a moving picture going from one source to many receivers. Okay. And the CRTC was like, obviously, we're not going to require every person who throws up a blog with a little animation on it to get a broadcasting license. Arguably
1: a very wise decision.
2: Absolutely. Except Spotify, YouTube, Netflix, et cetera, are still exempted under that exact same exemption order. So, that rule that we put in very sensibly in 1999 to make sure that bloggers didn't have to get broadcasting licenses now applies to Netflix, which is Canada's largest broadcaster, which means it lets them off the hook for Canadian content spending requirements. It lets them off the hook for a whole bunch of things. So, we actually have, I think, a bigger problem on the digital side than just the CBC that the government has really allowed companies like Netflix, but also Amazon, Disney, these foreign internet broadcasters to get around our rules, to get around having to make investments in Canadian content. And the unfortunate thing is that CBC has decided that they want to play the same game. And so the problems of law and regulation are not CBC's fault, but they could be better. And they're, they're deciding not to be. And that for us is really, is really disappointing.
1: I don't know if I want to fight with you about all that. I mean, you're wrong about it. Like,
2: uh, <laughs> Well, then I don't have to fight with you about it. I'll just accept <laughs> that I'm wrong. <laughs> you bring up Netflix. Yeah.
1: As much as I quarreled and argued and criticized with the CBC's plan to when I was saying news, 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 mm. and their executives were saying premium streaming shows, we're going to make stuff that's as good as anything in the world, and they just failed and failed and failed. I have to concede that ultimately, through their partnership with Netflix, Schitt's Creek became a huge international success, mm-hmm. and with an E, Alias Grace, they embraced partnership with Netflix, and they actually, in a few cases, achieved what they set out to do. Maybe at the expense of news, but I can't deny the fact that there were some successes there, which is why I am just absolutely confused when the current president of the CBC, Catherine Tate calls Netflix the British Raj and talks about cultural colonialism and says they're the enemy and starts to build this little private gem thing and divests. Like I have trouble these days criticizing the CBC because I don't know what the hell they're doing anymore. Like the thing that they said they're doing, they're not now it's gem and it's atrocious. Like after years of failing at a premium TV war, like they finally kind of achieved it. And then they just sort of abandoned that and said, no, no, no. Now we're going to fight an app war where it's your CBC app versus the Netflix app and the and the Prime app. And I don't think that's where they can win. But I guess that's my best guess as to what's going on now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do agree that companies like Netflix should be subject to our rules. But I think one of the ways that they can comply with those rules is to do co-pros with CBC, for example. I mean, that, that's been commercially successful for them. And I'd be cool with more of that. We are spending now more money than ever before on audiovisual content. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of it is great. I have a Netflix account. You know, I'm sure you have a Netflix account. A lot of people do. They make some good stuff. And I have no problem with that. And I think if they had to make some Canadian shows, they would be great. And they would sell around the world like Schitt's Creek has done, like Kim's Convenience has done, like Anne with a an knee has done. So this is not going to impoverish them. Like to say that this is just going to tax them to make crappy shows, what you just said is actually I think the perfect argument for why – Forcing these companies to contribute just as much as other Canadian broadcasters. By the way, no more, no less, no punitive Netflix tax, no 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 special penalties. This is not gonna hurt them. We have shown already that they can invest in shows here that will sell around the world. And so the the argument has has already been disproven that this content is second best or crappy, you've just named. Examples of shows that have garnered international appeal because they're good and they've been done with Netflix in concert with CBC. And that's a model I think we should consider. It's a great way to, to fund Canadian programming. Let's focus, though, because you've got a problem with your campaign because
1: you simultaneously want to have regulatory change that brings more money to the Canadian system and you want more money for the CBC. But you've got some pretty legitimate complaints about how the CBC spends that money. And this has always been the problem. I agree. Other countries spend a lot more money on public broadcasting than we do. Mm -hmm. And in theory, I'm for upping that. But when you see CBC, what they're doing... And when you see like Family Feud Canada, it's like, why are we gonna do that? What Mm -hmm. are we doing that for? But what the move to digital has actually meant in practice, and we're, we're well into it. If people value CBC radio because it has no ads in it, well, when CBC radio moves to digital, in come the ads. As CBC moves online, the news moves from, you know, TV and radio news to online news, it's covered with advertisements and it's covered with sponsored content. So digital, equals a more commercialized CBC in practice. And digital
2: seems to mean a less regulated CBC and digital seems to mean a less newsy CBC. Yep, and the digital revenues are declining. In their latest uh, disclosure to the CRTC, they said that their digital ad revenues are actually down year year. What the on year. fuck is
1: with that? How so, could that be true? How could their digital revenues be down? You know, digital is growing as a space and CBC is a leading online destination. And then the increased push towards commercializing. Yeah, this is a problem. It's a problem if you are like a public radio person who wants ad-free public broadcasting and public radio and things like that and news, which I think a lot of people do. But it also makes me just like not understand the way that they keep doubling down on commercialization that they don't seem to be able to achieve.
2: Yeah, it makes no sense. And the failure to earn commercial revenues on TV originally and now on digital, it's not for lack of trying. They've tried. They tried to put Jeopardy in primetime and, you know, Wheel of Fortune, that was, in, you know, in the in the early 2000s. And, you know, Family Feud is just the latest in what will likely be another failed attempt to bring in an audience that advertisers want to pay a premium for what is up with that like to invest in something like family feud canada is like a linear
1: network tv move circa 1995 or something i I don't get it
2: so i don't want to talk about specific programming because like god why not because you know that's not up to me but what i think is true is that if they're not making money on ads then the cost of them ditching ads or largely reducing ads is reduced, right? I mean, the less money you make, the less money you lose when you give it up. And so their argument that they need this money to stay going is becoming less and less persuasive because there's less and less ad money. But the bigger issue is that the BBC gets, I mean, the currency fluctuates $100 per person per year, okay? They broadcast in basically one language, right? With a bit of Welsh thrown in and one time zone. And they have twice as many people. The CBC has per person per year. They broadcast in six time zones, English and French, TV and radio and digital for each, plus a northern service in English and French, and I think it's seven indigenous languages. So like, that's not free. That's expensive. And if we think that we want to cover the country, it's a big country, we have one-sixth of the dollars that the BBC has to cover a way smaller territory. So I understand why they're scrambling for money. The problem is, is that chronic underfunding has forced them to try and find pennies in the couch cushions to keep the lights on, and it leads to bad decisions. So, yeah, would I take the same choices that CBC management takes? Probably not. But even if we made all the right choices, would we be able to deliver this kind of good, high-quality, distinctive public service media on the budget they have? I don't think so. And so they're in a tough bind. And you know, we know – through our own research with our supporters, but also through public polling, public opinion research, nano surveys, 80% of Canadians would tell their member of parliament that they would like to maintain or increase funding for the CBC, including almost two-thirds of people who vote conservative. Like, there is a large need for this. And I mean, I remember talking with a conservative MP from Red Deer at the Heritage Committee in June, and he was saying, you know, we don't support more funding for CBC. And I said, why not? And he said, because they closed our local station. Mm -hmm. I mean, I scratched my head for a little while, but you know, I think what he means is we want some too. And so there are large... No, I I understand what he means.
1: I don't necessarily see the contradiction that you see. I think that what he's saying is if there's an organization that I don't matter to and they're not going to spend the money on anything of value to me and the thing that I actually need from them isn't important to them, I don't think they should get any more money. I think that we have to accept that maybe the reason why they're always chasing glitz and glamour and always underserving their actual purpose and mission in order to try to be like a big American broadcaster is because management is filled with traditional commercial media executives – who see themselves as Canadian versions of Hollywood players, and that's what they want to do. This is about a complete lack of congruence of priorities here, even when things are made explicit. So once again, it seems like the government understands a few things they didn't used to understand. The mandate letter said that the Heritage Minister has to strengthen the regional mandate of CBC Radio-Canada to broadcast more local news and require CBC Radio-Canada to open up its digital platform. I want to talk about that second part, to open up its digital platform, because that's something that was reflected in the Shattered Mirror report, where they had specific recommendations. It was suggested that they open up their news content through Creative Commons licensing. And it seems like the government is actually saying this, open up its digital platform. That goes back to a column I read by Michael Geist, I think, in like the early 2000s, which like he said, a public broadcaster should be a place where people come together. It should be a discussion forum. It should be a place where the people who make this stuff can collaborate with the people who consume it. And if you wanted to take some CBC content that was made about your community with your money and build on it, why should that be proprietary CBC copyright material? and open up the archives similarly. These are ideas that digital progressives have been pushing and pushing slowly, slowly over the years. And it finally went from the geists of the world to the Shattered Mirror Report to the government's recommendations to the Heritage Minister. How does it get interpreted by the CBC now that they know that's the pressure? And this just happened. There was a story that came out, CBC Winnipeg, reporting that the CBC is doing what they're supposed to do. They're partnering up with local news, Catherine Tate said that they can help local news companies that are struggling. They can tell the public about trusted news sources. So I guess the CBC then is in a position to determine which struggling poor news service is trusted and which ones aren't. And then offer cross promotion and run some of their stories and run public service announcement messages, which is like a very commercial interpretation of a collaboration plan I don't need them to promote my stuff. I don't need them to syndicate my stuff. I'm not asking them to run ads for Canada Land. It would be great if, if there were an open way that anybody could use their content without having to pass some test of being a CBC-approved news source. The main thing is I don't want them to compete with me anymore. But I found it really revealing that Catherine Tate, the president of the CBC, seemed to not understand that very concept of what Geist was proposing way back when which public broadcasters around the world have been doing, by the way, Creative Commons licensing and open licensing. I feel like that there is just a huge gap of principles, ethics, and even just context
2: when it comes to the people who are running the show. Oh, boy. That's a lot, huh? I'll take a breath. (laughs) Look, you and I both are taking, I think, different approaches to deal with the decline in the quality and quantity of proper news in Canada. And your approach is to get right in there and to be a journalist and to hold the media to account and and to, to reinforce the quality of the system that way. It's great. Keep going. <laughs> and, and it's great. And it's great you that you are supported. a friend to, yeah. bo- to, to broadcasting, aren't you? I, I, I really am. Because, look, who else? You know, Thunder Bay, I know, gets a lot of hype and press as an example, but, you know, the, the New York Times is not going to make that podcast. It's a great news organization. It's fine. You know, there are Canadian stories here that deserve to be told. And CBC wasn't going to make that podcast. I understand.
1: CBC's regional office in Thunder Bay told their staff good news stories about this community from now on. Right. But what I'm saying
2: to you is this. We need those stories to be told. And at the political level, if you're the government and you're thinking, "Okay, we need to preserve a healthy democracy, what's going on and what the hell are we going to do? What the government has done, you could not come up with a worse plan if you tried. They have allowed Google and Facebook, which are stealing all the ad dollars, to remain basically tax-free entities. But they've also decided that their answer So, you know, a lot of private ad-supported media is dying on account of these ad dollars going elsewhere. And instead of dealing with that problem, they've got this print media bailout. Those ad dollars aren't coming back to traditional media. But they could go in a lot of different places. But those dollars instead, we are having this, you know, print media bailout, which, by the way, I think doesn't exist. Not one cent has flowed to anybody. But it is the worst possible way that you could possibly intervene in the system. It's terrible. It has all sorts of ethical pitfalls. It picks winners and losers. It implicates the government in news coverage in a way that's really not good for a healthy democracy. It's way too little money to deal with the problem. And it doesn't deal with the number one source of the issue, which is that the ads are just appearing. So if we want to deal with this, we have to look at it holistically. And what the government has not done, like the CBC is just one part of it. It's an important part of it, but it's just one part of it. Making sure that what you guys do is Promoted and that there's room for it is another I need the part promotion. of promotion. Just, I just need I just need them to let me do but it. But you are selling you are selling ads. Look, you are selling ads. Yeah, they they're in the Canadian law we've had for 50 years on the books. 50 years laws that say if you know Fresh Books wants to reach your audience, instead of advertising with you, they decide to advertise with some you know radio show in Buffalo or whatever it is. Damn but, those Buffalo damn bastards! Damn those Buffalo bastards! But those Buffalo bastards had like. You know, American network content. They had, you know, The Simpsons and stuff like that, right? And so it was actually advantageous for Canadian, for Canadian border businesses to advertise with these American stations. And so 50 years ago, recognizing that this was going to kill Canadian media, the government said, okay, you can do that. That's cool. You can advertise wherever you want, but you can't deduct the cost of those ads from your income taxes. So you pay a penalty for doing that, right? So that's been the law since the 70s. We don't apply that same law to digital. So we're talking about $7 billion of foreign internet advertising in Canada every year, $7 billion, the big number, that is completely tax-deductible, that shouldn't be, that's your competitors. So you talk about competing with the CBC, that's one thing that you're competing with, and I hope that the government would get rid of the ads, but you are also competing on a really unfair playing field with companies that have no obligation to tell the truth like you do, that are not subject to libel and slander law like you are, that are selling ads against content with zero responsibility, no editors... Our largest source of news in Canada is Facebook that employs not one single journalist. If that's not fucked up, I don't know what is. And if you're the government and you're trying to look at how to deal with this situation, the CBC is an important part of it, but you've got to deal with the whole situation. You've got to look at it holistically. And basically, the government's been asleep at the switch. And it's hugely concerning. I want to be a friend to friends. Okay. I'm going to give you some advice.
1: Yeah. you got to focus, man. I mean, I'm ready to compete with those buffalo bastards. I'm not looking for a leg up or some uh, uneven playing field. That's, that's not my concern. You want to make your campaign to government about cracking down on Facebook and Google. But I think we're not necessarily just going back and forth. Like you suggested earlier, the truth is underlying this conversation is that we are kind of reaching a similar conclusion about this specific initiative, which I think is probably why the vast majority of people who give your organization money, give you money is because of their concern about the CBC and I think it goes back to like when you found your voice to start criticizing C B C management. Two years ago they talked about destroying their own archives. Yeah, that was Des- nuts. The C B C wanted to destroy their own archives after digitizing it. And you had a petition and you went to them about that. And and they when- stopped,
2: by the way. It worked. Right. They-, they changed the decision.
1: So you had some impact there, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to fighting. For values that I know from your website are your values, and I think they're the values of anybody who cares about public broadcasting as an idea, as a concept, and as a public good. Fearless journalism that preserves our democracy. Got that from your website. Local news coverage. Culture that is not a commodity. The public interest ethos. Mm -hmm. If that is your fight, I would suggest to you that increasingly your fight is not with the government to give the CBC more money, but your fight is with the CBC. Well, I mean, I would Because ask, I don't think
2: that they share those values, man. Yeah. Okay. So the CBC is not, and I think should not, be an institution that takes a public opinion poll every day about what they should report on and what they should be doing. Like their independence is important. Right. And so what we are calling for is for the government and the CBC to come to a bigger understanding that doesn't involve the government meddling in it. And that doesn't involve the CBC just publishing whatever news people think that they should be publishing. So the independence of the public broadcaster is big. So we can, as I said, we have a lot of people who support friends, who hate the CBC because they love it, who are mourning this and who want something back who want it back before the cuts. But that's not the only reason. The, we, we survey no, our supporters. Let's not
1: expand. Let's focus. Because I'm Because you, you
2: could do something
1: really, really important. Because people in Canada who care about the CBC are in a really tricky position because they're afraid that as soon as they start criticizing the CBC, they're on the side of the defund the CBC conservative Canadians who hate the CBC. They think the CBC is politically against them. Yeah. So they're afraid. They love this thing. But... They kind of hate the content yeah, and they have no way of expressing that. I can tell you this. You could try, and I think we should try, to pressure the government to change the Broadcasting Act. We are. But if you actually want to change the CBC, and I know a little bit about how that place functions institutionally. Or doesn't. They respond to public pressure. And if you could give a voice to Canadians who want a certain kind of content. I know you don't want to meddle with the independence by actually getting involved on the content level, but I think Canadians have no such problem. They know what kind of content they want. Most of it is local news. And if there was some healthy dialogue where the people could actually have voice and tell the CBC, we do not want you to be putting your money here
2: mm-hmm. while you're closing down your bureau in my neighborhood. Yeah, so we, we are doing that. And the CRTC license renewal process for the CBC, which is going on actually right now, it's one of the few occasions that we get to have yeah, our say. in this for that license be,
1: renewal thing. And for
2: that to be binding. And yeah. it's going on right now.
1: Well, that's how the public gets consulted through these, like, arcane government red tape uh, swaddling right. things. It's, it's,
2: it's bullshit. But what we do is actually make it really easy for people to contribute because you can submit on our website. So we – people ask, like, well, where do you spend the money, man? Well, you know, we, we hire the best lawyers in the business to help us put together submissions that are on par with the quality of submissions by big groups that say – No, CRTC. You should force them to have more news. No, you should not. You should not allow them to reduce their obligations. No, you should not allow them to have digital be a black box. We are the ones making that submission. And we also make it easy for people to submit. I mean, we just started last week emailing our supporters, selling him, look, click a link. Here you go. You can submit. You can have your say because the defund CBC people. Dominate these proceedings, typically. And yet we know that public opinion is totally the the other way. So we are doing this. And CBC management is not going to like our submission. They're going to hate it. But that's what we do anyways. And we mobilize individual people to get behind it. That's part of what we do. It's an example that's going on right now. We're not afraid of taking them on. At all. But you got to pick a strategy. You got to pick your battles here. And the, the CBC is not the only problem with Canadian news. People support us not because of the CBC exclusively. They support us because they care about an independent country. That's really what they care about. We ask them. That's what they say.
1: God bless you. That is the wackiest way to do it I could possibly imagine. Let me get you straight here. So in order for the public to let their preferences of programming and coverage be known to the CBC, your best option is to say to them, great. Come over here through our website over to the CRTC where we will put together a submission that sort of like distills everything that you're saying and puts forth the position that will tell the CRTC what the people want. But in order to execute it, it necessitates an overhauling of the CRTC exemption for digital content that will have implications on every digital content provider in the ecosystem. No, that's not the Why can't we just talk to the
2: CBC? No, we, we, we can. We can. I don't think I don't think that's a that precondition. I think it's nuts the way that these digital broadcasters are not considered broadcasters under the law. Like you say, choose your battles. Right. But, well, it's where we are right now. We can absolutely talk directly to the CBC. We can absolutely impose conditions of license on the CBC, which is what this whole process results in. And so we encourage people to submit. And actually, we don't distill the submissions, we encourage people to submit in their own words, on their own behalf, to say whatever they want. Like, we don't we don't coach people. We don't do a postcard where we, like, pre-write in but the text. But aren't you looking
1: for a consensus for your for your ultimate... Uh...
2: We, we know. We know that there is strong public support for CBC. We know that people want it to be ad-free. We know that they want it to have more local news. We get all that. We want to make sure that citizens can participate in the process. in one of the very few opportunities that they actually have to have their say and for that say to be binding. But for that say to be binding, CRTC has to have oversight of digital content. No, not exclusively. The CRTC could take many other measures. So the CRTC's regulation of digital content or their lack thereof is actually at their own discretion. They made a rule for themselves saying we don't want to touch this. And God bless them. Exactly. I'm not trying to say that there should be no digital. I'm not trying to say that at all. What we are trying to say is that there should be more accountability and transparency there should be funding. Should that funding come with a new deal for public broadcasting? Absolutely. And people need to speak up. Like We know that people already hold these views. It's hard to be heard. It's really hard to be heard. And so as a group that is independent from the CBC, we don't take a cent from the CBC, from corporations, from broadcasters, from foundations, from government, from nobody, only from citizens. And so that gives us some credibility because everyone else who intervenes in these proceedings, has skin in the game. They've got money to make or lose. You know, there's the independent producers who want their shows to keep being made. So we don't. We've got the public interest, and that's it. And people have these views. They have strong views about it, and deservedly so. They should make those views known because the CBC needs to be better. And so participating in this process really helps. It really helps. And we need to show the CBC management that it's not just unpopular what they're doing. It's really unpopular what they're doing. That it's not just like, meh, that's too bad. It's unacceptable, and that you know Canadians deserve better. The only way, the only way, that they're going to know is if we tell them. So again, you know, if people want to go to our website, friends.ca. If you have something to say, you can say it. No coaching, no scripting. You say your view, we will submit it, unfiltered, unedited. But please go have your say. It's important. It's really important. And I'll make sure that I check in a couple of days to make sure that your submission's gone through. <laughs> I, I, I make my submissions uh, every Monday and Thursday. There you um, go.
1: Daniel Bernhard, executive director, uh, friends of Canadian broadcasting and friendly dude in general. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being here today.
2: Thank you. Thanks for doing what you do, man.
1: That is Canada land. I hope you liked it. Uh, If you did, You can give us a review or tell someone about it. There are so many people who might like the show but don't know it exists, and you can help with that. If you didn't like it or if you did, you can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything that you send. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Our website is canadalandshow.com, and this week you will find on that website a new episode of Commons. This one is about the Regans. Did you know that the former premier of Nova Scotia was accused by over a dozen people of sexual offenses, including rape? Archie Mann has that story on this week's Commons. This episode is produced by Jordan Cornish and Kevin Sexton. Kasia Mihalovich is our senior producer, and syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. Listen, if you like this show uh, and the other podcasts we make here at this network or the news stories that we report, the way that this thing exists is because people support us at patreon.com CanadaLand. If you do that, you can get ad-free versions of all of our shows. I hope that you do. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this